Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is simply a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today, we're back in the 1689, wrapping up chapter 3, paragraph 7. Let's put that on pause for now, because we will get back to that momentarily. In the meantime, sup? I'm the A-Game, Adam Bailey, an elder of Grassroots Church here in the Greenbrier Valley of West Virginia, joined by Daylight Savings' Darren Cherry. Lead elder, Grassroots Church, West Virginia. What's up? The purveyor of the two campuses of Grassroots, Grassroots East and Grassroots Monroe, Darren Cherry. So you said daylight savings. Of course, the Lord is so gracious in giving us the the Darren Cherry personal holiday of daylight savings and you preaching and uh, Selection Sunday all on the same week. And it's snowing and cold, and it was tough. Expectations, Darren. Remember, expectations. We were on our way to the gathering this past Sunday, and right around, I guess, North Lewisburg, Bowling Alley, your place. Yep. It's pouring snow. And we're like, I didn't think it was going to snow today. Was that this past Sunday? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, okay. Gosh, so it shows you how much I'm paying. Time has really got me all jacked up. For some yeah. reason, I, I thought the daylight savings was this past Sunday. Two weeks ago. And I guess it depends on when you listen to this. <laughs> Wait, no, that doesn't work either. Shoot. Yep, true. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Guys Who Church Roundtable podcast. Darren's smarter than me. You win, Darren. That's all good. But, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to uh, enjoy these warm days, though. Uh, Kelly and I got to go to Charleston yesterday. We we realized something I told you. Um Yesterday was Monty Kelly's 21st wedding anniversary. Uh, we went and spent the day in Charleston. Uh, whoop, whoop. We, are, yeah. we are part of an Acts 29 uh, church assessment team. Whoop, whoop. Assessing a church in, uh, everything. In, in Charleston. But we got to go early, and so we just went shopping. We just went and hung out. It was a good day. But it was almost 80. And, wait, and wait, let me get this straight. It was 80 degrees. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> we, was, we walked out of Target, and I told Kelly, I was like, because you know that you know when the temperature is fluctuating, like this time of year, it's like cold, warm, cold, warm. But there are days where it's like, oh, it's not cold outside. Not that it's warm or hot, but it's just not cold. You don't walk out and immediately get chilled. I walked out of Target and was just like, it's warm. There was actually warmth in the air. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, because sometimes when it gets warm... Like those random days in February where it's like 71 degrees and on February the 12th, that's weird. And you step outside and it's like, it's not right. Something's not right. This is this is a lie. This is deception. I'm not enjoying this warmth. It's going to be 30 degrees in a couple days. But you're right. Now we're starting to get into the warmth of the season where, you know, I've been doing uh, work in the garden. <laughs> like I got it nice and tilled. It's funny, the other day I put my hands in there, just pulled up a clump of dirt and smelled it. <laughs> You ever do that, Darren? Uh, Deer Garden. It's an just, awesome smell. It was great. It smelled great. <laughs> it smelled springy. Smelled like spring, but that's the thing with the wind blowing the way that it was from the southwest. It felt right. I'm like, I even asked Jesse because we had the girls running around trying to kill themselves, and uh, it's like, does it feel like it's really spring, or does this feel like one of those mid-February deceptions? She's like, no, it feels like spring. I'm like, good. I'm there with you. I'm one of the weird people at springtime, and it's because of, uh, 
I used to work in a flower and garden center. I say nursery, but people like a nursery, not like with babies, like a flower and garden oh, center. Oh, you'd be so good at that, though. And one of the things that I did, we had this massive barn with mulch and topsoil bags of all that stuff. Um, and I would load people's cars up that bought it. And, and I grew to love the smell of mulch. I love the smell of mulch being spread um, in flower beds and landscaping and stuff. So that, that smell hey, of dirt, that smell of mulch. Well, it's funny because we, we say that, and I feel the same way about the smell of cut grass. Oh, yeah. The smell of weeds that have been weed-eated. It's got a certain exhaust smell to it. Uh, and just the, the feel of grass. Like, I still go barefoot. we got to be careful. We have chestnuts. <laughs> oh. Woo. You're talking about a bad 20 minutes. Yeah, later in the season, that's like uh, that's like walking through a minefield. It's terrible, especially when you have flip-flops. Like, it's just bad. I don't know if you all have ever been pierced by a chestnut. But been there. Terrible. And just itches for like 20 no minutes. No wonder people roast them on an open fire. That's not good. It's just revenge. It's a sacrifice. To <laughs> it's just the, revenge to the is all it is. devil where those things came people from. People are angry <laughs> at the chestnuts. They're like, ha-ha, how you like this? I'm going to throw you on an open That's fire. Right. That's why roasting chestnuts at an open fire. Yeah, because what else am I going to do with them? They're everywhere. But uh, we got to be careful about one barefoot. But yeah, mm, take that's that. actually fun. They're yeah. probably like sticking someone's hair. Oh, it's so annoying. But it's like it, it does get a little fun. <laughs> I've never. How do you? You have to have gloves. Hey, if grassroots uh, chestnut party. And yeah, then later, you need gloves if you're not a man. And then later, we'll cut down the trees and let them season, and we'll make bookshelves. But no, I do like to go barefoot. Apparently, there is psychology behind this concept. Jesse was explaining it to me. It was called earthing for mental health, where you just go outside and touch something earthy, like grass, put your hands in there and, you know, put dirt between your fingernails or, like, you know, touch a tree. The world we live in, Darren, I don't know. Like, it, look, hey. Friends, if you're like, man, that sounds like a good idea. And later today, you go outside, you walk barefoot, and just, you know, take your fingernails and stick them into some soil. That makes you feel better. Go for it. But may, might I suggest, be productive about it. You know, make a garden. <laughs> well, I think maybe that's why people love just having flower beds and garden. There is something. I will say there's something therapeutic about it. Uh, we used to have a garden, and I, I never did anything with it because Kelly and her folks are the ones that – always did all this stuff. And I loved, I loved just going out and looking at what was growing and how things look, even though I didn't have anything to do with it. There is something therapeutic about it. It's where we were meant to be. We're supposed to be, you know, creatures made in God's image as a part of creation. Get outside, y'all. You know that's right. Dig a hole and then fill it back up. Or put a put a post in it. Yeah, good. Or productive. that much closer to a fence. You're welcome. I am excited Men, for this year. Ladies. We moved into our house uh, November of 2021. And so last summer, it's crazy. Yeah, it's going fast. Uh, last summer, we spent all summer getting everything done outside that we wanted to painting the house, uh, cutting down bushes, doing flower beds, like, and it was just work, 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 along with keeping up with mowing the grass, weed eating and stuff. And this year, it's like, I'm just going to be mowing grass, and I'm looking forward to just enjoying the yard. Do you ever, and, and I'm asking this, like, because I do it, and I wonder if anybody else, do you ever just walk around your yard, not, like, walk around, like, admiring, looking to what I have, but just walking around and just enjoying your yard? No, no agenda. You're just like, I don't, and this is going to sound so weird, but it's just the truth. Like, you're like, I don't really look at this tree that much. 
and you just walk and you just kind of look at the tree. And then you go down to another corner of the yard, and you're like, I never look at this angle of our yard and house. And so I find I, I, I do that. I'll answer your question, but uh, first a question for you. Are you are you okay? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> how is your mental health lately? Uh, uh, how's your uh, how's your home life, Darren? Uh, it's, it's my good. mental health's going to be doing better now that I can go outside and is, randomly walk around. Is my Kelly yard. being nice to you? Never. Kelly. <laughs> no, I, I do it all the time. Matter of fact, I'll like, take like 20 minutes and just go sit. I just go outside and sit and do nothing. I just look around. And yes, you're right. Because especially with trees, I think about this. It's like, that's my tree. <laughs> like, I own a little plot of America, and that is my tree. And I have a weird weird respect for because I have so many, like, chestnut trees referred to a previous conversation. And I have so many maples. They shed. Year- like, I've got leaves out the wazoo, and there's really nothing I can do about it. But last year, to motivate myself to pick up the leaves as best I could. That's when I bagged up 40 bags of leaves and I left them out for the garbage. Green Bar- hey, Greenbar Valley Solid Waste, what the heck, man? They ain't taking those. No, they didn't take my 40 bags of leaves. They'll take gutters, like old school gutters, but bags of leaves, no. They, they wouldn't take my bag of mouse once, killed a mouse, and I put it in like a Walmart bag and just threw it out in the garbage. And they took every one of the big bags out and in the bottom of the bin... Just a bag of mouse. I can't speak for everybody else's. They did it twice. Trashmen or house or anything, but I know I've watched ours. And when we first moved in, they would take the can, set it on the edge of the truck, and lift it up, and everything in the can would dump into the truck, and they put yeah, the, the bag the of mouse. Well, I've noticed a shift where they walk up, open the can pull all the big bags of trash out and throw them in the truck, and they never move the can. Okay, well, well, that, that's fine. I just wonder if that's why the bag of mouse did But the problem is, the following week, I did the same thing. I was like, maybe they just, were, just didn't want to reach the deep down in there. I put it right on top. No, daggone it. They did the same thing for a second week in a row. And by this time, the mouse was a little fresh. <laughs> I, I just don't do the like... opposite of fresh? Yes. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was rough. Ripe. But hey, thank you, thank you all. Now, hey, friends, if you are um, patrons of Greenbrier Valley Solid Waste, don't throw away leaves and expect anybody to pick them up. And if you have dead animals, don't put them in a bag and expect anybody to take them. Because I tell you what, you got to add it to a big bag. You got to add it to a big bag, which I figured out week three. <laughs> so, but anyway, I was trying to motivate myself to be more on top of the leaf situation. Leaf, leaf situation, leaf situation. And I was like, well, how do I? How do I become more? like attached and caring for the trees because I trim the trees. I take care of them. But anyway, when I was picking up the leaves, I was like, okay, these trees are in the latter part of their season. They're in a later season of life before they fall asleep. It's like I'm taking care of an older friend who needs my help, like show some respect. Because sometimes when you're taking care of an elderly individual, like there's, you know, it can be a little biological. You have to, you know, show love and grace in that. And it's like picking up the a mess of leaves. But it's what helped me get through it was like, all right, these trees have been here longer than I have. I'm a steward of them. They're under my care. It is personal. They give me great shade. Let me show some respect and pick up after my old friends. (laughs) And guess what? I bagged up 40 bags of leaves. What did you do with them after the trash didn't Put them in the garden. Oh, okay. To decompose, which actually worked pretty well. Great mulch. I'm hoping so. We'll see. Absolutely. Uh, Hey, you talk about... Showing grace to older generations. Plants? We'll put it that way. Oh. So I'm still like not really outwardly laughing, but is something so funny to you that it still makes you like chuckle inwardly? Like you're just 
It's an inside joke with yourself. Internally, I'm still laughing. Like, I can feel it. We were at that assessment yesterday. Um, it was the dinner part where we meet with the pastor, his wife, and then their whole elder board and staff. A great group of people. Like, we had so much fun with them. They were so cool. Well, <laughs> what the guys, I didn't even realize it. See, now it's external. Now I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. uh, say, what, what game are you playing at, Darren? It's You're worked confusing its way our, out. You're confusing our friends. It's worked its way out. They haven't um, turned us off yet. <laughs> one of the elders, who's like 84 years old, was was talking about like the church and, and where it's been and where they want to see it go. And then he, he references over to one of the other elders. He's like, yeah, Bud and I were talking. He goes, oh, Bud stepped out for a few minutes. And I was just like, what? I, I looked. Dude, Bud was asleep. <laughs> Bud is an older dude that does not give a care. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm sitting here. I'm old. This meeting is putting me to sleep. I'm just going to go to sleep. And So you were assessing Bud? We were assessing the church. And this was the meeting time of the pastor, his wife, the staff, and all the elders and their wives. And Bud's one of the elders. Oh. And he's just over there asleep. And uh, John, one of the other elders, was like, went to reference him and just didn't miss a beat. He was like, oh, Bud stepped out for a few minutes. <laughs> he's just asleep. Mm-hmm. And the, it cracked me up the way John said that, but then also that nobody cared. Like, it must be a regular thing. It's like, it's like a reverence toward Bud. Like, look, it's just Bud. Yeah, Bud's asleep again. He's fine. Like, y- y'all know he, he does this. He loves you, and he's here for us. But yeah. yeah he's not sleep. dead. He's asleep. We all know he does this. And so he just is like, oh, Bud, Bud stepped out for a few minutes. And I'm like, I'm over there cracking up. We're supposed to be assessing them. And and there were a lot of laughs had. There were, It was a lot of fun. It really was. And, and I, I can't stop laughing. Hey, have you ever, when you're preaching called someone out for behavior or have you ever wanted to where you look down and you see someone dozing off and you want to be like hey you pay attention you need to hear that out of everybody you need to hear this not not for falling asleep or else i'd have to do it every sunday oh you do the texting thing you call people out for texting i believe um i don't know if you remember a few weeks back it wasn't real long ago but and I know Sarah's one of our faithful listeners. She's listening. And so Sup, girl. Uh, yeah. Jerry was R R L was in the back row of the theater having a conversation with Kimley, their daughter. I was yeah, I remember this. And like I'm up front preaching and can hear every word of this conversation. And I was like, Jerry, you just you okay back there? Like Yeah, just, he was like, Yeah, we're good. He's like, Yeah, just he thought that was mom. It's not, and and that was. And I'm like, he was so casual. About it. Everybody can it's hear like, your conversation, but yeah. So I think something like that, and then, um, and then you know, just on a different note, I always, I always have to point out Michael and Jordan Vance for something. <laughs> they scoot it over because it's too easy. Hey, who took their seats? Wait, don't don't tell me. Do you tell me after? Uh, actually, it was. Uh, people that are, they were guests, and they didn't know. Well, guest, what? You got to me. No, I'm kidding. I, but, yeah, they're, they're always ones that I love to to point out to. Crack it open, man. man. Do it. Do it. i got to stop Bush. this. i got to stop this Bush. nonsense. We talk about I'm just kidding. It's Coca-Cola. Self-control. And you're a <laughs> Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Coke. How, how does Coke sound when you open it? Coke. Coke. 
Hey, Darren. Uh, Cola. Uh, we have a podcast. Yeah, how, we're how doing long it. Was that, how long was that tangent? How long was my fluff? How deep was that fluff? Yeah, we're sorry, Larry. So, uh, in conclusion, you, uh, hug a tree, dig a hole. And if an old man falls asleep during a meeting, it's okay. And show some earned respect. It. Yeah, he's earned it. <laughs> All right. Well, 1689. I wish you could have been there, man. Later <laughs> on, I'm going to be honest. I text the other people on the assessment team. You remember the, um, I, I don't know if it's Homer or Marge's dad that's always on that from The Simpsons. I've never the watched a single episode. But but if you see the old man from that, like everybody knows that's the old man. I found a, a, a gif of him. Of like sleeping and like drooling, and I said it to them. I oh, Bud checked out again for a few minutes. <laughs> okay, there was one individual. There, they do not listen to the podcast. Okay. I have not seen them in a gathering or part of grassroots in several years. But there was one individual, an elderly individual, who you gave me a heads up. You're like, hey, by the way, when you're preaching, it's going to look like so and so is asleep. But they will literally be like, hey, man, with their eyes closed. You're like, oh, he's awake, and he will reiterate every single thing. But, uh, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. No, exactly, yeah. Because and I never paid attention to it, but you mentioned it once, and yeah, he moved to Virginia. It's like, it's like, man, he is totally out, but he's like shaking his head with his eyes closed. It's like, whoa. And and listen, I, encouraging as can be, though, listens to everything. He moved to Virginia. I remember thinking this guy doesn't hear anything. He falls asleep every Sunday, and then I ended up in small group with them, and he would always reference what had been preached. And I'm like, when did you hear that while you were asleep? But it's just he 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 has his eyes closed. He's processing. He will amen. He will nod his head. You know, like I've forgotten all about that. I'm glad you people, said that. People people will do that on tours as well. Like they'll be standing up and just fall asleep. <laughs> they'll stand up and you can tell they're listening, but their eyes are closed and they're shaking their head. It's like some people are so audibly inclined to information to where they have to block out almost every other sense to hear that. Sometimes I'm getting that way. It's like listening to our friend Ike. Hughes this morning, I could hear uh, Brittany as well. We're talking to her. Um, but not being able to read lips, it's like I got a little bit closer to hear, especially there's music in the background. So I miss out on a lot of the conversation if I'm not close enough to hear them. I, I can't tune out the stuff. But anyway, that being said, uh, hug a tree, uh, hug a tree dig a hole. person falls asleep and in a uh, meeting, they've earned it. Now, you probably, friends, are like, I'm about to fall asleep on this podcast. What's the point? Well, here's the point. God made everything including you, friend. And there are certain laws, statutes, rules embedded within creation to God's glory. And uh, some good old boys back in the day, and ladies too, I'm sure, ladies were heavily involved in this. Uh, back in the late 17th century, he decided to sit down and talk about what them good old boys believed in. And we are on chapter 3 of the 1689, on God's decree, God's way, and reasons why he made things the way he did. And today is the last day. And Darren, it's been, it's not hard to understand what the 1689 is getting at, but it's really hard to talk about sometimes. So today, I think out of all the different aspects of God's decree in 1689, this is the most practical, and it's also like a good positive like hey well this is nice so for those of you that have stuck through with us for the past few months on uh, god's decree appreciate your grace y'all been y'all been really kind actually tough conversations to have like i said it's hard to talk about some of this but y'all have been great and we're happy to end it's like you know a cake at the end of a uh, 
I always keep picking on watermelon. I think watermelon's great, but it's one of those things where we're at a picnic and someone's like, oh, I go to watermelon. And everyone's like, yay, what? I'm like, it's just the water. Uh, consider this your watermelon at the picnic. Yeah, I don't like watermelon. So what do I get? What am I supposed to do, Adam? Whiskey. I don't like watermelon. <laughs> what do I do now? Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking when you were like, you get a daddy dessert. I think at the same time you you said like this is positive, and I said encouraging or something. I was like this K-Love. this paragraph is Caleb. Oh gosh, this no. this paragraph is Caleb. Positive and encouraging. Um, this is Caleb. Darren. Would you be so kind and gracious and benevolent in taking a moment to read to us paragraph seven of chapter three? concisely, clearly, with just a hint of emotional infliction, but not enough as to inject too much of your personality into this sentence. Okay, I'll do my best. I will say that I think part of the reason it's tough to discuss it, especially in this format, is the wording. Yeah, that's fair. It's very wordy. And so I wonder how many people, if they were able to read it as we were reading it, like it would help them. So I'll encourage everybody. uh, It's just the1689confession.com. Um, a great website that's just, it's just the confession, but it's laid out in a real accessible way. And you can download it kind of like a, as an app. And so it's, it's super helpful. So uh, paragraph seven, the doctrine of the high mystery of predestination is to be handled with special prudence and care that men attending the will of God revealed Sorry, I thought I screwed that up. I didn't. Uh, that men attending the will of God revealed in his word and yielding obedience thereunto may, from the certainty of their effectual vocation, be assured of their eternal election. So shall this doctrine afford matter of praise, reverence, and admiration of God, and of humility, diligence, and abundant consolation to all that sincerely obey the gospel. <sighs> Yeah, let me take a drink of my Coke, and let me. I'm gonna let that uh, let that settle for a little bit while you tell us what we're supposed to do <laughs> what with it that. Means. Uh, <laughs> quite <laughs> no, the, simply, the first part. I, I mean, I got that. That's pretty understandable. The doctrine uh, predestination should be handled with care and prudence. Be careful with it. Yes, but the reason it brings, I think, a lot of people have this question: How do I know that I'm saved? Because there's a thing uh, right in the middle of it, the line says, be assured of their eternal election. How do I know I'm a child of God? How do I know? And the line before that uh, says that men, and obviously, please, if you're hearing this, men and women, uh, attending the will of God revealed in his word and yielding obedience thereunto may, from the certainty of their effectual vocation, be assured of their eternal election. That boils down to... um, I love to follow Jesus. I love to preach the gospel. I love to serve the church. I love to be with the church. I love to hear God's word. I love to be in communion with the body and with God. And it's like the, you you tend to this. And I love I said the effectual vocation. Like I love doing what God is asking me to do. And thereby, because I love it, because I find uh, peace and joy in it, then I know I'm a child of God. Because if I'm if I'm doing these things to prove myself to God, there's not going to be joy in it. There's going to be a, a a legalistic bend to what I'm doing, where I'm like, 
I have to do these things or else God's not pleased with me. Mm-hmm. I have to tell people about Jesus or else God's not going to let me into heaven. There's no joy there. There's no peace there. There's no assurance. <clears throat> and I think because we love doing the things God is asking us to do, we love being a part of the church. We love sharing the gospel. We love talking about his word. I'll just give you this one right now. If you're in a conversation and it turns towards scriptural things and you are instantly bored and want out of the conversation, do you have the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to love the Word of God and want to learn. And uh, maybe maybe it can get a little too theological where you're like, all right, y'all are y'all getting a little too academic for my taste. Like, I get that, but... Uh, but yeah, I think because we Who, us, me and you, or no, Mark, anybody, like, anybody. yeah, we're so academic. I geek out on theology, and a lot of people get bored by it because they're like, I, like I love God's word, but I don't need, uh, you know, to to have these theological big words and and understanding historical, you know, doctrinal statements from every different church, you know. But um, but yeah, I think that to set the first part straight is we love doing what God's called us to do. And that gives us assurance uh, of our calling as the elect. Yeah, I was trying to think. Uh, for the works of the flesh, doubt is not one of them, is it? Like, obviously, it's not a fruit of the Spirit, but you think about the different works of the flesh. Like, doubt is not mentioned. And, I, you know, for Christians, this, this goes under the... Uh, statement I've been making for the past few months. It's like, before we go to Google, let's go to Scripture and let's see counsel from those who we trust who might know or be able to provide a little bit more insight into our faith than what we can. So if you Google, if you just Google the phrase, how do I know I'm saved? Yeah, be careful about that. Instead, if anyone is listening to this and you're struggling with doubt, uh, if you are like, I, you know, prayed a prayer, I rededicated... I've been baptized, but I just don't know. Uh, um, speak out. Like, ask someone. And we also need to make sure that we are Christians, like um, older, more experienced brothers, elders, who are patient with those that are, that are saying, like, so I'm having some doubt. It's like, well, let's talk about that for a second. Because I think that's one thing. Whenever people start feeling doubt, and this is the way it is for me, it's like, I feel doubt. Oh, now I feel bad about myself for feeling doubt. Like, if I'm truly saved, I will never feel doubt. But there is it every now and then, you know, do stumble upon seasons of discouragement. I mean, think about We're talking about the Exodus. Think about the doubt that the Israelites felt. And God still saved them. God was still their God. They were his people. But, you know, Moses shows up and, you know, preached about it a few weeks ago. It's like, hey, I want to free you all. And here's some crazy signs to show you that God's on our side. And it's like, yay. And then, like, bad and bad and bad and bad and bad happens. It's like, hey, things got worse, Moses. What the heck? Well, spoiler alert uh, for what you're going to preach on Easter Sunday is when they're between the Red Sea and <laughs> an army. Yeah. Pharaoh's like, wait a minute. Nope. Talk, talk about a rock and a hard place, huh? Can you imagine <laughs> in that moment as a child of God, as an Israelite, going, Red Sea's this way, that's death. Army's that way, that's death. God, you brought us out here to die. Mm-hmm. Like, you, people doubt it. It's life. I mean, Darren, I have in my life, uh, my Christian walk, I've, you know, had episodes of like, man, if I'm truly Christian, I shouldn't be doing I what is wrong? Like maybe, maybe I'm messed up, but we need to make sure that we are in a community where we can 
ask those questions and be honest, but also to where we can pour into others who are struggling with that. So if someone is experiencing doubt, I don't shut the door, listen to them, talk with them and provide biblical insight accordingly. But, you know, work on that. But anyway, when it comes to the assurance part, as we've been saying for the past few weeks, talking about God's decree, there is a certain amount of liberation. And I, I fall back to this. If, by some extraordinary means, our human will enabled us to actually choose and actually follow God genuinely, like we made the choice, then logically speaking, you can make a choice not to follow God. You can make it, you can choose something else if something else becomes more appealing. That just seems short-sighted to me in a lot of ways. So if, as we've talked about, why God's grace is so evident in the doctrine of election and predestination is that God doesn't have to save anybody. He doesn't have to save a single person, but yet he chose me. That is awesome. I didn't do He just, he, he chose me. That's incredible. Uh, that's very gracious of him. I cannot hold any, like, hey, he saved me because I'm really good at this, and he wants to use that for his kid. Like, he just, he chose to, to his own glory. I didn't do anything. And because of that, there's nothing, I cannot, it's, it would be impossible, like, he he bought my soul. Like, I can't just opt out. Like, there's no, I, I can't do it. So the assurance part, it's reassuring to approach Scripture in that way of, I deserve eternal separation from God. I deserve his judgment forever. But yet in his sovereignty, in his grace, and in his justice, he provided a way for me to be in his presence forever. That's perfect. I don't want to have the responsibility of choosing and having to like to eliminate that constant choice. It is liberation. Like I can't I didn't earn it, so I can't unearn it. That's reassuring to me. The assurance yeah. in election. And that's where in First Thessalonians uh, 1, 4, and 5, it says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. And so we see, you and I kind of talked about it this morning um, at the Wild Bean, that uh a lot of times when people go, well, how do I know that I'm saved? They will, I think, tend to point to things that unsaved people can point to. Behaviors and habits. Uh, yeah. Routines. Uh, way hey, of life. I know I'm a child of God because he's given me a job. He's given me food. Uh, he's given me clothes, um, a house to live in, you know, a good family. And uh, we can point to hundreds and hundreds of families that don't love Jesus, that have the same things. Uh, these are all what are known as um, kind of common grace gifts that just God and His goodness has allowed people to experience these good things. Um, he uses a lot of those to draw people towards Him, um, while others it draws them to themselves. But uh, those things they point to, kind of like you, it's like, well, I'm faithful to church, um, you know, I uh, volunteer, things like that. But beyond that, it's saying, hey, the power of the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. How? Because I asked you the question this morning. I said, how, what, where have you seen God work in and, and through you? Yeah, and I, you know, I answered it. It took me 20 minutes. 
because that's how I roll. We work, but one aspect, and I think you could probably attest that this is how I feel, and I I think you would agree for the most part. But you know, I I I have this fear of like, man, I'm going to let someone down. I will let grassroots down, grassroots down in some way. Eventually, it'll happen. I'm not going to do a good job on something. But that's the thing. I'm human. Like I'm never going to be perfect. I will mess up. And that used to bother me. But now it's like, look, I can do the best I can. And I'm just going to trust God. Like, I believe it. And there's a lot of peace that comes from that. Uh, so, like, how how do I, like, for me, assurance. Like, how do I know How do I know that I'm saved? It's like, well, man, well, I, I know God's working on me because if I even thought that I would mispronounce a word. Because, I mean, <laughs> how many times have I mispronounced Samarian, Samaritan? Uh, instead of saying Aaron, I said Abraham like three times. Instead of saying donkeys on Sunday, I said... No, we're doubling down on that. We're I not. said monkeys. Don't redact that yet. I don't, was wrong. That. We're going we're to figure this out. There, there might have been monkeys in it's Egypt. Not, I don't know why I but read that as monkeys. It's Africa. But I kind of wish it was monkeys. I'm going to be honest. There, there might have been monkeys. We I was know. wrong, people. I'm sorry. I'm going to correct myself and Monday. Even if there's no evidence... Sunday. Maybe, maybe the, uh, uh, Gavin... Hey, Gavin, zoology boy. You know. I bet Gavin knows about... Uh, primates, uh, survival in habitats in northeastern Africa. But anyway, I I look back. Yeah, you don't have to redact that, man. But you should. But don't. Um, <laughs> like that would bother me back in the day. Like it would take such a hit to my pride, being like, oh, "You said that wrong." I'd be like, "Who are you to correct me? You think you're smart?" But now it's like, "Yeah, oops, I'm not perfect." I'm at peace with that. God's perfect. I'm not. I'm okay. I need to work on that. I need to be more precise. I need to put more thought into it. I get it, but it's okay. So I can you can just see that I think plan out as personal. Yeah, and that's that's what I think this part of this is and in first Corinthians or in first Thessalonians what um Paul was saying is that hey, we we didn't see um a change of your behavior. We saw a change in your life and your heart. Uh and it plays out in behaviors. Uh, but he said we saw the power of the Holy Spirit in your in your lives. And so uh, we have assurance. Because think about this. If, if I asked you, hey, how, has, how, how do you know you're a child of God? And you were like, listen, I've got a job. I've got food. I've got clothes on my back. I've got a house to live in, a car that runs, a good family. I've got grace and some morality. I know what's right and what's wrong. What if uh, in two months you lost your job? Um, something happened to Jesse. She's not able to work. Uh you can't pay your bills. Your house gets foreclosed on. Your car breaks down. You're not able to buy food. You didn't believe enough. All of a sudden, <laughs> everything you point to to show that God is present in your life is being stripped away. Then what do you point to? And so that's why I say when I, when I look at the assurance of salvation, we see common grace gifts. We see these things that God has blessed us with. But... What is he doing in our hearts? What do we see those fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Where do we see those growing? And that's where we get to this part where it says that effectual vocation being assured of their eternal election. And, and that's why it says, so shall this doctrine afford matters of praise, reverence, and admiration of God mm -hmm. uh, and of humility, diligence, and a Abundant consolation to all that sincerely obey the gospel. That leads us just to worship. You and I have talked about this so much, where a lot of people look at the doctrine of election and, and they would go, 
you know, hey, that 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 seems mean by God. Like, how could he do that? But we step back and look at it and go, he called our names. Like, how humbling is that? And leads us to worship God more and to glorify him more and go, because you you already said it once, over and over and over again. We're like, we don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing that made Adam and Darren more desirable to God than anybody else on earth. Yet in his sovereignty goes, no, no. You're with me, and and drew us in. Like and I'm, I'm going to reveal myself to the world by saving your sinful butt. Yeah, <laughs> and it just leads like, us to worship. Okay, and that that's why um, I keep, especially in the in the context of predestination and election, just the amount of liberty, like in a healthy way. That is not now go out and do whatever you want. Like, Party, live vivaciously. Here we YOLO. go. Oh, but God. instead, you know. Uh, I haven't threw up the deuces. YOLO, baby. Do you know how, do you know how problem. old you I live feel? Once, be careful. Listen, you know how old I feel every time I say YOLO? Like, even I'm trying to use it yeah. as an illustration. You sound like a millennial. I instantly feel like just Gross. this YOLO. It's like, no, nah, I just should never say it's that I heard again. someone say on fleet the other day. I was like, man, I haven't heard that phrase in forever. Kids are still using that. On fleet. On fleet. Uh, my boys started saying Sus. it, and then Lincoln has continued. When they say uh, yeet, yeet yet. Yeah, it just yeeted it. And I'm like, Yeet. yeeted it? What about sus? You sus, bro? Oh, I've definitely heard that. You sus. But um, there's no... <clears throat> That's the thing about a relationship with the Lord. Because Jesus even said, you know, come to me, all who are overburdened and heavy laden. It's like, attach yourself to me. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. And you think about God's commands, like the Ten Commandments and Jesus's insight to them, applying in the heart. It's like, okay, so as a Christian, God saved me out of his sovereignty, his grace, and his justice. Jesus, as uh, J.D. Greer says constantly in his Easter series, which y'all should check that out. It is really good. Jesus didn't die for you. He died instead of you. Like, it's mm. a different shift. It's like, my death has already been paid for by Christ. So what do I do now? It's like, well, believe in me. It's like, okay, check. I got you. Believe in you. Uh, love me. It's like, yes, I love you. Yeah, I love others. Okay. Okay, what else? Uh, follow my commands. It's like, all right, now what? It's like, well, just, you know, do that. Well, I think that goes into what like, you've said a so bunch So I can do before. anything. Like, I can, like, if I feel called to work in hospitality, I just take those commands with me, and I can do you know, anything. Is, it's kind of like, boy, that's liberty. But it's what you've said before. It's not about... Um, adding a bunch of things to the plate, it's about going deeper in what he has already told us. Yeah. It, it's it's to love him, go deeper in that love with him, uh, that worship of him, a uh, greater understanding of him, uh, and loving others, okay, which is this is all great commandment, great commission stuff. Um, we just go deeper into that. That's what um, I'm going to talk to the teens about on Sunday. So friends, you might be interested in this. I think that according to Hebrews uh, chapter 5, I think it was like 11 through 13, and Hebrews 6, 1 through 2, you know, Paul, it's like, um, you want to you, you wanna grow? You want to mature? Because you're all a bunch of babies, and you should be teaching by this point. You need pure spiritual milk. And then he lists six things uh, to paraphrase the symbology, symbolism use. Symbology? Symbolism use. Symbology a thing? Listen, in, in, our, in our culture today... You can do that. Symbology. Sure. Make the word. Why up. not? Uh, by the way, heard a word yesterday. Never heard it before. Kelly's the one that taught me. She heard it. Situationship. 
situationship. <laughs> situationship. What's your situation in your relationship? So Ugh. you know how on I think it was Facebook, there used to be like single in a relationship. It's, it's complicated. complicated. So instead of it's complicated, it's, it's situationship. Okay. What does that mean? So you have a relationship, but it's complicated. There's a situation. So it's a situationship. Boy. So you're. I want a simple option, like a status. Simple. Your symbology. Symbology. Run works. with it. All right. Symbology. Symbologetically. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna use this. I mean, you According created the procrastinate faith. Here's the thing: is you don't so need you don't need symbology. you don't need to move on to the spiritual meat yet. You need more of pure spiritual milk. And he lists these six things to so to paraphrase the symbolism. It is. And this is funny. This, this is how simple like faith is. And it's not about learning something new. It's about every season of life. How can I dig deeper and expect God to reveal himself more to me in these ways? It's like, one, do you hate sin? Do you want to repent of sin? The more you understand that, the more you will, two, turn to Jesus for grace and forgiveness. So repent of sin. Turn to Jesus in forgiveness. Follow through in obedience, right? Get baptized. Make that proclamation of faith. So the third uh, thing is like dig, dive deeper more into the public proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mentions laying on hands. Bless people. Like, are you be, what does it mean for you to bless somebody? Uh, do you meet needs? Do you allow people to bless you? And that's a big humbling experience when someone wants to show hospitality to you and you're in a rush and it's like, oh, I can be a blessing to someone by allowing them to bless me. Like, dig deeper into that. What does it mean to actually bless someone? Um, judgment was another one. Do we understand truly how we were to have been judged, like what we've done and how Christ, as J.D. Greer said, died instead of us, not just for us? Can we understand more of that? Uh, and then the other one is basically heaven. It's like, how often do we think about our, our true home? Like... You know, we are we are resident exiles. Mm. You know, it's like this place is temporary. We're just here practicing for eternity. Like, can we take those six attributes of, I called it milk of maturity. Mm-mm. Forget, forget muscle milk. We need some milk of maturity up in here. So every year, every season, every obstacle, every valley, every mountain, it's like, do we dig deeper into that? That's how we grow. And faith, and that's so simple. We already know what's right. Like, I feel like when we get to heaven, and uh, God's like, "Oh man, here's all the stuff you did wrong. What do you have to say for yourself?" Be like, "Uh, Jesus." He's like, "Okay, that's cool." I'd be like, "Wait, that was it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, what would you expect?" It's like, "Cool, that was not hard." He's like, "Yeah, I said it was light and easy." You know, and you look around, it's like, "Wow, there were people up here I was not expecting." There are people up here that I was expecting and don't see, huh? But you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I believe that at the heart of the gospel, it is so convicting and so simple. It's like, I mean, it can't be that simple. Just believe in him and follow through and, like, love and adoration. It's like, come That'd on, it's got to be more than that. that be it. That's it. Which that's, you know, the assurance of uh, salvation and the liberty. But how can that not drive you to worship? Even talking about it, I get fired up. It's like, God, just thank you. Like... Yeah, that I, should drive us to want to worship and serve and love him even more. Something that helped me over the years is to to come to the assurance of salvation is is in Jesus and Christ alone. Um, it, it, 
it was this I- idea that I would say, yes, Christ alone, but. And I would go, but he'll understand that I didn't lead my family like I should because I was serving the church. Um, yes, Christ. I, my faith is in uh, Christ only, his work on the cross. But I was very knowledgeable in Scripture. And, and I, I would always kind of get this Christ and. And, and I finally through God's grace, like just that stuff kept getting leveled. Like I've got nothing, I've got nothing. It's Christ alone. And in that moment of it is only Christ, I I went to God, thank you that you required nothing of me uh, but just to, to cry out to you mm-hmm. uh, in, in faith. And that's like faith is um, the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. It's also a gift of the Spirit as well, because some people it's like just are unrocked. Wilberforce. <laughs> like, shout out to men like that who can actually make that that step out in faith. But it another reason why the you know doctrine election and how it relates to assurance and how that eventually leads to like worship and praise. It's like the and that's that's the mark of someone that's faithful. Whenever things get bad. Because people would say, and some it may be sin, might not. But I mean, sometimes situations just happen. Where it rains on both the just and the unjust. Sometimes things just happen. God has His own ways. Like it doesn't have doesn't have anything to do with me. It, maybe I can address sin and like learn from a situation. But ultimately, I don't. I don't have any control over it. So bad things happen in our lives, tougher seasons, and someone that loves God and knows that He is faithful, like the children of Israel, be like, "This looks bad. I know." I'm even struggling a little bit with how complicated the situation is, but God made a promise. So no matter how tough things may seem, I trust him. Or when things get really good, because sometimes when things get really good, we feel really good about ourselves. Like, man, I must be doing, like you said, everything right. I got the house. I got the wife. I got the three kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, I must be doing something right because I have been rewarded for my... It's like, wait, 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 wait. God gives to people and takes away whom he chooses. Like, can you maintain that same worship and peace? Do you know that assessment yesterday? Yeah. The testimony of the, the pastor and his wife um, coming to an understanding of Christ alone. She got pregnant <clears throat> with twins. And Nice. Yeah. But then she was diagnosed with something. And, and she didn't remember the technical term of it. Um, but she was diagnosed with something. And with a, a surgery while pregnant with the twins, they can fix it. They said 99% walk out with both babies. Everything's good. They were the 1%. They couldn't fix it with the surgery. Mm. And they lost one of the babies. But I think the, the really brutal part of it is for four months... She carried one living baby and one not living baby and then gave birth to a living child and a stillborn. Okay, so born dead. And he talks about how in those dark moments he was like, God, I've been doing everything right. Mm -hmm. Why is this happening? And that's when the Lord taught him. 
And here's the part that I think people would people look at Christians and say, you're crazy. And we go, I know. This is crazy what God does. But he said that they have been brought into a greater intimacy and greater worship of the Lord of going through that, where they look at that and go, we are so thankful for the children he has given us. They have three kids uh, naturally born to them, uh, the one that didn't survive, and then they've adopted three. They're like, we're so thankful for this. But also, we, we, we know that God's in control. Like, like they were brought out of this, I will make God happy with me. They were brought into, we're just living to worship him, glorify him bring praise to his name, and whatever he takes us through. So I think it's situations like those is what you're talking about. And also just a word of caution. Gospel Coalition, during one of their recent conferences, you know, talk about the neo-New Age revival spirituality craze. It tends to be the spiritual trend. I'm, you know, that phrase we're talking about today. Uh, not religious, but spiritual. And uh, uh, so, I, you know, I, I look into that just to see where folks are coming from. Because my end conclusion is that a lot of that is just cheap over the counter of what Jesus can actually offer, if anything at all. But uh, there was a guy <clears throat> came across online. He was a psychologist talking about providing therapy to cancer patients, and was like, "Well, our hypothalamus is like a big antenna, you know, part of your brain, big antenna, that people who see cancer as an obstacle that they can't overcome increase their chances of survival by eighty percent." And, you know, you list off the science. It's like, that's good. Like, obviously, you should have a good attitude, a good positive attitude. But what if you're in the 20%? Did you not believe enough? Like, that's so much to put on someone's shoulders to, to say that, being like, look. I mean, uh, what's his name? Apple? Tim? Uh, it's not Tim Cook. Who started Apple? Steve. Steve Jobs, they said whenever he was diagnosed with his cancer, he saw alternative treatments and like more of the new age, spiritual, organic. From my understanding, now I'm not, I have not read the book or I've not looked into it, but from what I can tell, you know, he saw more alternative stuff. But a lot of it has to do with like the power of the mind. If you believe, it will happen. But what if it doesn't happen? Then you can only blame yourself. And why would you blame yourself for a situation you have no control over? That is so sad. And the devil is a liar and a deceiver. And there's so much lying and deceit with the assurance that we have in ourselves. Because only that assurance can be offered in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's my word of caution. So whenever you know, someone's trying to improve their life, well-being, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, it's all about God, his sovereignty, and trusting him through it. It's not really about us. Like, like I can't control the weather based on my mood. <laughs> yeah, and you talk about liberation. There's so much, again, proclaiming the gospel becomes um, a lot less intimidating, not that it's not scary, because uh, who really wants, like, oh, man, I thrive at rejection. Like, nobody does that. <laughs> I love when people hate yeah, me. <laughs> nobody does that. But, uh, but it does become less intimidating because it's not on your uh, artful smooth proclamation that they're going to come to Christ. Uh, so there's liberation there. And then um, our assurance in Christ uh, is not based on our ability to keep it. So there's liberation there. Uh, it, and so it's, um, it's one of the, we'll call it a biblical oxymoron. Wait, we need to make up a phrase. Since uh, symbolic, 
symbologically. We can do better than oxymoron. Biblical oxymoron. We got to come up with a better word than that. But anyway, I, go ahead. <laughs> Biblical oxymoron, I, where we are free to be slaves to Christ. See, you said that when we talked about Christian liberty a few years ago. We're free to serve. And I remember you said that, and I was like, all right, that's the way you want to take it. But now I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's the whole, that's the best thing ever. Yeah. Like, I can, I can do what I want to do, and Christians want to serve and love and follow God's commands. It's a natural instinct. And that's where I think even in this paragraph we've read today, that, um, that glad submission to that vocation, like that effectual vocation of like, I am free to be a slave to Christ, and I love it. So it's it's very encouraging. I it's not discouraging. It's it's so encouraging to us uh, the grace of God. And I think even you said it pointing to heaven that this points to um, this life, man. Okay, I I told you. I think I don't know if I said it on here already. You know, yesterday was mine and Kelly's anniversary. Twenty one years. I'm forty two years. I've been married to Kelly for half my life. Okay, um, you were saying earlier today that. Uh, being part of the church like seven or eight years, it's like, oh man, it's going, yeah, it's going fast. Um, Here's one: uh, we have been doing the podcast now for three years, and Grassroots is ten years old. So thirty percent of Grassroots live we've had this roundtable podcast. Yeah, it's it yeah. goes so <laughs> fast. <laughs> Sorry, friends. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 it goes so fast, and and so I am, I, okay. Y'all gonna have to permit me this. You uh, permission granted. Thank you. You didn't ask for it, but I'm gonna give it to you. I asked for permission. You grant it. So here we go. Y'all know I'm a nostalgic guy. I have found that I love autobiographies because I love other people's stories. It doesn't have to be nostalgic for me, but I love hearing other people's stories. And um, I watched a video recently on the shopping mall that I grew up in. I loved going countless hours in the shopping mall, visiting friends at their jobs, just going, hey, let's go do something. Let's just go to the mall. No agenda. Absolutely. Let's go get it. some ice cream of the future. Yeah, like uh, we did have Dippin' Dots here. Um, yeah, strawberry banana, baby. But we, uh, cookies and cream for me. But Oh, snap. Good one. Yeah. Um, the, the mall, a lady had a video of it. She was there on its final day of operation. It was shutting down the next day, and it's no longer a shopping mall. And I had this, like reaction to it like this internal nostalgic like almost brought to tears but it hit in a different way than it usually does i had i've had these moments of the past where why can't them all just come back like i want to relive those days but instead i had this this reaction of lord thank you i was there at its heyday like even according to this lady in the video you know, oh, this this mall had its heyday in the mid '90s, and I was like, that was me. That like I was at its heyday. You know, thank you that I had that. But there was this moment of, I'm okay with it changing. I move on, and and hitting this moment where I'm like, I've got my boys. I'm going to leave them with the gospel. And I'm going to die and be forgotten. Listen, unless you're somebody super famous, the average person is forgotten within two generations of their death. Like, your great-grandkids just pretty much don't know who you are. And it's like, that's okay. This life is so brief. We have such a window 
to leave the legacy of the gospel for God's kingdom to grow through and, and be glorified through because I'm on to the life that never ends. And it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of who he is. Preach. It's all because of what he's done. And I'll tell you right now, I am okay with it. Like, bring it on. The back aches and the bad hips and the... Oh, you get to be cranky. Crick- hey, you know you I'm going to be a cop. You can I, just be cranky. I get to lead you into my cop. share your opinion and not give a who. For those of you that don't know not what I hoot. mean by I get to be a cop, uh, ask me sometime. Yeah, send him a text at 304 I don't know if I could five three eight seven one eight nine. How close did I come? Don't don't text that number. That's wrong. Seven eight one. I, it's not real close. Uh, oh, shoot. Five eight two. Oh, well, that was pretty close. Nine one seven zero. Oh, you know, okay. You, you you see where I'm coming from. I was following the force. I'm not too good on the force power yet. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if I would text somebody why I'm I'm Dude, why. I get to be a cob, but yeah, rhythm, I, I get to lean into being a cob. <coughs> Choking on my coke. Uh, yeah, but you all can uh, totally text him and that right number. Or grassrootswv.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If y'all have any questions about anything, holler. Especially if you are experiencing you know, doubt or you have any questions in general, please let us know. We love you all and appreciate you more than you could ever know. You are awesome. Go enjoy your day. <laughs>